welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Today we hear from George Scott Welsh, a CEO at IncuHive, a co-working and collaborative office space business that operates in several locations across the South Coast. Apart from the great work that IncuHive does, I was really keen to get George on the show to discuss his interesting career history and hear his unique perspectives on work and life. Our conversation takes in a range of topics, including the influence that he has had from coming from a very hardworking and entrepreneurial family, his varied career choices, other business investments that he's made, and the important lessons he's learned from them all, together with his attitude to money and the one thing that drives his passion for the businesses that he invests in. I've loved finding about different ways people approach life and business, and it's one of the things I enjoy most about the conversations I have on this podcast. And George is certainly someone with a fantastic outlook on a lot of subjects. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, George, to the Evolved Succeed podcast. Hi, how are you? Yeah, great, thank you. We've met a number of years ago, and I've always promised, always thought I wanted to have you on the podcast. So it's great to have you at Evolve today. Uh, for us to have this conversation. And I suppose we should set some context for our listeners, a little bit about your background, and we'll talk about some of the businesses, very diverse businesses that you've run and operated and founded. But, you know, you come from a very entrepreneurial family, George. So tell us a little bit about that and the influence it's had upon you. Yeah, so uh, thank you. Um, I'm very pleased to be back. Um, I love hanging out and chewing the fat with you. So I'm very pleased to be here. Uh, yeah, so I <clears throat> I come from a very um, uh, uh, normal family, uh, not far from here. Um, my mum uh, was uh, uh, didn't work. My dad was an uh, uh, entrepreneur of sorts. So he uh, started in shipbroking in London, left London in the late 70s, moved to this part of the world, not far from here, and... Um, found an opportunity with a brewing startup, um, got involved in that, and uh, he, uh, 30 years later, um, sold Ringwood Brewery yeah. um, and uh, did pretty well. So he, he's a very interesting man. Yeah. He's, yeah, just one of my uh, inspirations in life. And in fact, my my journey's been very similar to his. Okay. Um, not very good in academia. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling he might have been chucked out of university, but you'll have to ask him okay. that. Um, and were you? Uh, I didn't graduate. Okay. Um, we can talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, neither of us are <clears throat> particularly good at um, uh, 
structured learning, although okay. we both have a thirst for knowledge. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, dad, dad um, he's workaholic and uh, very, very driven, uh, very self-motivated. I would say that I, there's few people I meet that extract more out of a day wow. than my parents. Um and uh, still, to, still today, still to this day, yeah, even though they yeah. sold the brewery, <laughs> yeah, moved on, yeah. yeah. So dad's kind of semi-retired at sixty. A year later, I was back helping other people found breweries, and okay. um, yeah, he, he's he's a real grafter. Brilliant. Um, and um, so <clears throat> I've always been around a very hard-working environment. Yeah, uh, my mum's exactly the same. She never stops, okay. and. Um, you know we love work so me right. and my brother and sister are all um are all now cut yeah. from the same <clears throat> yeah so my brother's uh entrepreneurial he's in brewing yeah. he has his own brewery in this uh in spain okay i'm in barcelona um my sister's been involved in um her own startup as a co-founder um and she's now involved uh running a a, a kind of startup for a french firm that are launching in the uk um, so yeah, so all, all, all entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial all yeah, <clears throat> although never things. really thought that we were entrepreneurial. So no. it never really... Well, it's a strange term, isn't it? It's one of those terms that we could discuss and define and, you know, is it, you know... And there's a lot of people that run businesses, start businesses that feel very negative about the term because of the way perhaps it's portrayed in the media. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never thought that I was creative enough to start a business. And actually I, I haven't really, and we can come on to that later. Um, now that I'm in the job I'm in now, I do feel a bit more entrepreneurial and I, I yeah. recognize um, opportunity and entrepreneurial spirit yeah. in myself. But uh, early on, I, I, it was alien to me. I thought I'd never be able to do that. Okay. Um, and I was always in awe of people that, did. Um, that did, especially my dad. We all so, yeah. need those people around us, don't we, that influence us and inspire us. And yeah. And I, I talk to my dad, I don't know, five times a week okay. and four or five times a week. And all we talk about is business and football. So business. Yeah. That's a great combination. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> We're pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, we, I must touch and go back and just say, so you say you didn't finish university. Obviously academia wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah. So I left school in 98 um, I just, I, I just wasn't, um, I, I wasn't very, uh, suited to, uh, structured learning. I, I, I just drift off and yeah. go down a rabbit hole and just learn what I w wanted yeah. to learn. And, and, um, so yeah, so I left, uh, school in 98, my first, as, when I left school, I did a scheme for Glaxo, okay. who were Glaxo welcome at the time. Um, so I left home just after I left school, trundled up to Hertfordshire and I started a year working for Glaxo. Um, it was a pilot scheme, like a year in industry scheme that you might do at university. Yeah. And I went into a, uh, uh, research lab and I was a lab technician working with a team of people on asthma drugs. So in the, <laughs> I think it was in the early nineties, CFCs were banned. Um, because uh, mm. the problems they caused with the ozone and all the drug companies used CFCs for their propelled inhalants. And so okay. the drug companies had to use a new product yeah. to propel these 
respiratory inhalants. So they used a chaotic starch and um, I was involved in a team that, wow. um, yeah. And so chemistry is, I really love science chemistry. Okay. So they, Glaxo had a relationship uh, with um, Leeds University. And uh, so I went and studied chemistry at Leeds um, and yeah, just played a lot of sport, didn't do any work and eventually gave up, but not for about maybe four. I think I did two first years, two second years, and then I came home. You gave it a go then. Yeah. And then I tailed between my legs and told my parents. Which is really interesting because there was the next bit of your kind of career life is something I did want to touch upon is you then went and worked kind of in the estate agent, that's yeah. the agency. So completely away from science, but you spent you know, a good spell of time at Foxton's in the early 2000s, yeah. which was when it kind of had this kind of, you know, very much this culture, this image of success, reward. It was driven by John Hunt, wasn't it? Yeah. Who, you know, made the business extremely successful. Now, what was that period like? And, you know, <clears> we all hear the stories of what Foxton's was like, uh, you know, is that so true? Yeah. So I went, so I, I kind of came home from university with nothing uh, and a tail between my legs. Uh, my my mum was very disappointed. Uh, my dad was kind of pretty ambivalent and said, you know, just don't worry about it. Get on with um, yeah. trying to find something to do. Um, I went and worked in France for a little bit, um, uh, picking grapes, uh, you know, just whilst I tried to work out what I was going to do. I then did a a little bit in a few months in um, a stockbroking firm in the city, um, which I didn't really like or understand. It's really <laughs> like it's just made it's just made it was noise. It just made didn't make any sense to me. I, the, the lack of tangibility yeah. of the stock market just was too confusing for my um, uh, meager uh, intellect. So I, uh, a friend of mine, suggested I applied for Foxton's. I didn't really understand that state agency or what it was. Yeah. And I went up to London. I think I slept in my car for the first week or so outside the office because I didn't have anywhere to live. Um, <clears throat> and then I got my first paycheck and I moved into Balham. Okay. And I started as an estate agent in Balham, which was very interesting. I, I, don't, um, I don't care what, yeah. if, what people think of my profession or um and, and in fact i find people saying what do you do kind yeah. of like you know it's it's not a very interesting question for me but um the juxtaposition of being at glaxo in a research lab <laughs> yeah. making asthma drugs helping people moving to a very unpopular high octane agency yeah. in london it was quite interesting and my friends would rinse me yeah. um for selling my soul and going into <laughs> agency but actually if i look and reflect at both those companies uh the work i did at foxton's was yeah. really valuable and i loved it it's probably the best job i've ever had okay. and as a someone in their mid-40s i now uh, question the ethics of some of the big pharma yeah. companies so um who knows who knows what's um, right and, what's and all businesses have um have uh maybe some some questionable practices yeah. and rogue employees and Foxton's was certainly yeah. one of those. But um, I, I absolutely loved it. It suited my uh, desire to work yeah. relentlessly. Probably did re reward that work ethic that you'd a grown up with. Absolutely. It was a know. complete meritocracy. Everyone in at the bottom 
you know, every single person. So everyone in starting at, um, you know, I think you started on 22 grand, but you could go on to commission within yeah. the first few months. Everyone was on 10,000 quid a year. And then you're on, diff you know, so 833 quid a month. And then you got various degrees of commission. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I rose quite quickly. So I then became an assistant manager in, from the move from the Balham office, assistant manager to, in the Chelsea office. And then I got my own office in Richmond in 2005. So I was 25. Okay. And I had um, 16 employees. Yeah. Um, I think we did about 4 million a year. Wow. But 47% EBIT. Although you don't get that information because no. you're just part of a machine. Yeah. So you have to, you know, I was only, I only found that out when I left in my exit interview, actually. I asked the... Yeah, what um, was this? Yeah, what, 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 you know, what kind of profit were we making out of that office? And um, it was, it was an amazing company, an amazing culture. And what have you taken from that Foxton's experience? Because I know yeah. others that have worked there, and they've been very successful in business because they've taken aspects of that culture, that environment, you know, um, and maybe without some of the toxic elements, and and kind of created businesses in a in a similar way and mold. I mean, what have you taken from that experience? <clears throat> the most successful people in foxton's were the, the the man managers that could extract the best out of their teams mm. and they didn't do that some of them did it through fear some did it through you know remuneration yeah but the absolute best managers like my first manager who's now very high up in knight frank he's the godfather of one of my children yeah. and he was an inspiration to me and he managed me using you know motivating me and inspiring it's an uh, inspiring yeah. me um and um so so i feel the key strength i have now in running business is people understanding people managing people yeah uh, being flexible getting the best out of them um i'm not very good at kind of recruitment because Foxton's did all the recruit although I it was part of some of the recruitment processes there when I became a manager most mostly and I was, was just a process they I was just yeah process, and it was all yeah. done and I was sent people yeah um but but um and I suppose nothing beats hard work yeah and the hours were pretty strong so eight to late five days a week nine to five on a Saturday um and it was just relentless but yeah in your mid twenties and, and they, they paid really well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we earned really good money. Um, we were also in the property market where, um, you know, the, the, the market was rampant. So yeah. all of the, we all bought flats with the money that we earned. So we, you know, we, yeah. you know, you could all created well. Yeah. You, uh, you could get 105% <laughs> mortgage in 2005. Yeah. So you you know just uh, had some you know decent paychecks in a row, yeah, and get mortgages on flats and and so we bought you know me and a lot of my contemporaries bought lots of flats, yeah, um, and in fact those properties have then funded other um, things you've then got all of my do. failures in startup basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to sell one every few years. I sold one last year, <laughs> sold one in COVID. So yeah. yeah, but that's just and the way it goes. What made you move out of that world? <laughs> I very much worked for John. Yeah. Um, and I really, he, he was, in, he, he is an incredible um, individual who I, um, I'm not sure if I aspire to be like, because he's quite intense and, um, 
quite scary um, and works harder than anyone I've ever met. And I'm not sure that's yeah. healthy, but he um, he sold the business to BC Partners in 2007, August, um, and I left a week later. Okay. Um, I just felt the time was right. Yeah, um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't that bothered with working. Um, you know, I love, I love my, you know, I come from a background of family business. Mm. I love the intimacy, the chain of command, yeah. the non-corporate. And that's what Foxen's did create, wasn't it? It was a owner managed, but even when it scaled to the size <clears> yeah. it did, it, it did it and it was still owner managed, wasn't it? And it was still yeah. led in an owner managed kind of way. Yeah, I get a phone call from John's um, PA um of an evening, John, uh, George, John's meeting you tomorrow morning, make sure in the office. So I'd get there at like seven. <laughs> He'd got there at half five and he would have driven round Richmond where I was working and noted down all of the competitor, Knight, Frank and Savile's agency boards <laughs> and kind of run them through our system, seen if I've been in the property. Yeah. And then he'd ask me why I didn't win that instruction. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry. Nothing like preparation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he would send me a fiver at Christmas or in my birthday, <laughs> for my birthday present in a car. So, you know, it, it was an amazing time, but it's time to move on. I then, um, uh, so I, I spent three months thinking about starting my own business. Yeah in 2007 and I didn't really have any ideas and I was talking to my dad and I couldn't come up with anything. Um, I read a very interesting book, um, which has got a slightly, uh, uh, grotesque title, which is how to become rich by Felix Dennis. Okay. It's very funny Dennis publication. So Maxim, and he, um, he talks about getting out of a corporate environment and, yeah. and starting yourself and exactly what I, th I felt like I was reading the book, you know, reading something that was written for, for me. Exactly what he said would happen, happened. And my old area director from Foxton's who'd moved to Chesterton yeah. called me. I've got a job in Mayfair. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I went back in and I did three years at Chesterton yeah. um, uh, until uh, Kiss Gyms. Okay. Yeah. And we should then talk about that journey that, you know, founding, co-founding businesses, investing in businesses. And what intrigues me every time I speak to you, George, is the diversity. So, you know, pubs, hospitality, restaurants, gyms, you know, co-working spaces, <clears throat> consultancy businesses. There's just such a diversity of businesses. And we'll probably touch on some of them and go into more depth on some of them. But why such diversity? Uh, it's probably because I have no discernible talent or <laughs> or or, or uh, skill yeah. other than being able to... Uh, manage people okay um so any business that has people in it yeah but it's a people-driven business i'm interested in and um the product is largely irrelevant i don't feel passion about yeah. any of the products that i of any of the businesses that i've ever been involved in okay um, um but i'm passionate about uh the people within that business uh, and also the customers of those businesses okay. um uh, so uh, I left, um, and going back to my kind of, uh, earlier stage where I felt, uh, very, uh, I felt, I found it very difficult to create businesses. Um, and I think my dad was the same. So when, uh, the Ringwood opportunity came up, it had been founded only about two months before and right. he joined, okay. um, as number one, um, but as I think as an investor as well, okay. and then got involved. 
Um, and I was exactly the same with Kiss Gyms. Okay. So um, a friend of a friend introduced me to a chap with a business yeah. plan. Um, and it was the Pure Gym, Gym Group, kind yeah. of low-cost business plan um, of the late noughties. And yeah, we we kind of um, got together. Um, I put a bit of money in from the money yeah. I don't from London. And off we went. And you said earlier, you don't really see yourself as a entrepreneur. You, do you see yourself more as a business angel? No. Investor. Then? I'm Where? terrible at business. I'm, I, I don't advise anyone <laughs> in angel investing. It's, it's, you know, it's like the casino. That's Have just... you tried that though? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So generally though, you're investing something you're going to participate absolutely. in. Absolutely. And yeah. put your heart and soul yeah. in and put 100%. that work ethic behind as well. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I've done a few investments into some startups, none of which have been successful. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I... Is that about picking the right and wrong thing? Is it I'm an because, eternal optimist. Are you a heart and soul kind of guy? Yes, and I think everything's going to be successful. Okay. And I think everyone that I meet, when they tell me something's going to be brilliant, that it's going to be as good as maybe I think I could do, and yeah. it never is. Right. Um, which is also why I'm not very good at recruiting people. Right. I'm very, very good at offloading if yeah. I've made a mistake, and I've done okay. that many times, but I'm, I'm not a very good recruiter right. because someone tells me... That they can do something, and I assume it's you're just the trusting individual. A, a that I think a lot of salespeople are trusting, yeah. um, they're very easy to sell to. Um, but a I think they can do it at the same to the same level as maybe I yeah. can. Um, and I always just like to see the best in people, yeah. and so I employ them, and they turn out to be wrong, and so then. But I'm very from my Foxons experience, which is a brutal environment for yeah. underperformers. Where you, you know, I, yeah. I have, I can't remember how many people I, I, I offloaded at Fox. Yeah, but you can't have any compromise in terms of people, no. can you? <clears throat> no. That's um, one of the things that does drive success is, you know, recruitment is difficult, managing people is difficult. But, you know, one bag egg, the wrong vibes, the wrong attitudes, that can spread quite quickly. And therefore, if you do make a mistake, you know, you, you do have to go with no compromise and do something about it. And a lot yeah. of businesses don't. And that does lead to trouble, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm very much of the belief that it is all my fault. Mm. So I've either recruited badly, yeah, or I've trained badly, or I've managed badly. Yeah. I don't ever see it being the fault of no. my employees. The structure is either wrong, the remuneration is wrong, or they're in the wrong job. Yeah. So the job description is wrong, or I've just recruited the wrong yeah. person. Um, and I and I take that quite seriously the way I approach that. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I've found that's been kind of very useful for me. I'm just intrigued this because we talked a lot earlier about work ethic mm. and that constantly being switched on. And yeah. Perhaps we'll come talk about the consequences on you personally of having that kind of approach as we progress the conversation. But right now, if we're talking about team members and employees. How do you manage your expectations that, you know, perhaps that employee won't have the same graft and work ethic as you? <clears throat> So I I, um, I I don't have the same expectations yeah. of my employees, and I've always been. I think one of the keys to to, <laughs> the keys to good management is to empower yeah. your employees. Um, remember how much you pay them, yeah, and remember their value. Yeah. to how much you pay them effectively. I, I always recall having a tete-a-tete -tete with my old man in uh, the the pub business that I have um, where 
he came down to help out and got very frustrated with one of my waiting staff. I was like, dad, we pay her £4.50 an hour. Yeah. What are you talking about? Relax. You can't yeah. have the expectation that they are the same as us or yeah. a higher paid person. And I'm, I'm always super You're contra- a realist in that way. A- a- absolutely. And I, under- I, I try to understand everything about my employee. Yeah. So whether it's their family life, their home life, um, their, 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 you know, what's going on with their children, um, so that I've got yeah. a really rounded view um, because all employees fluctuate yeah. as do managers and owners. Um, and it's our goal as good managers to keep them very level. Yeah. And you don't actually want them to peak and trough, although salespeople do yeah. tend to peak and trough a lot naturally. Um, you, you know, you want to keep them on a level and you can't do that if your expectations are in the wrong place. No, definitely not. And we've talked, you've talked about, you know, the investments, not all of them coming off and, and other things. But, you know, what, when you look back at the last, I suppose, 15 years, since you really went out mm-hmm. and started businesses and worked in a number of these businesses, what do you, what's your biggest success today? I mean, I, 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 I don't feel that I've had a success. Okay. Um, uh, my benchmark's quite high um, because I benchmarked my dad. Okay. And he had a very successful business, which he, you know, yeah. did well in. Um, the early days of the gym was very successful. Um, and that was an amazing ride. I think our first, uh, our Milton Keynes gym in the first week, uh, we had 1,076 signups in one day for a gym. Wow. Yeah, which is incredible. So Yeah, it's a high day. <laughs> yeah, I think success, a lot of success is about timing. Yeah. Um, so with the gyms, we probably stayed in too long. Okay. And we could have exited a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, our investors exited in uh, 2014. And okay. uh, my business partner and I bought our investors out. Right. So it might have been, but hindsight's a very great thing. So, yeah. you know. Co- you know covid has damaged that business um and and do you think you're always chasing the holy grail you know is that kind of bar that you that is set a no. holy grail uh certainly when i was younger <clears throat> in my early 30s however uh now that's definitely not the case okay um and i think covid uh i think reset COVID, for us all yeah reset that for me and made me uh, um adjust um, and I, it's the journey for me. Um, okay. I'm not massively money motivated. Okay. Um, and I'm not materialistic. I drive a van. Yeah. I don't have any nice stuff. I'm wearing crappy trainers and Primark trousers. And yeah. like, I don't have anything With expensive. a smile on your face. Yeah. I literally, you know, <laughs> um, I don't go to expensive restaurants. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have any expensive habits. Yeah. Um, and um so it, for me it's it's i like winning yeah and i like profit because profit's winning yeah um it's a metric to winning isn't it yeah in business and it gives you choice in business yeah. doesn't it um so yeah but you know I, I i make it up as i go along basically and just enjoy i enjoy the interactions that biz, running your own business creates for me right. um pe- people um, interacting with people it's all about people yeah everything's yeah, about everything. people yeah 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 I'm, I'm really fascinated by humans 
Yeah. I think they're extraordinary. And you've never been <laughs> tempted to invest, be part of a product business. It's always been services in one way, shape or form. Um, I've invested in a few product businesses. Yeah. Um, and they haven't been that successful. I have a product business. Okay. Uh, that I've just bought the URL for. Okay. Um, so I might do that. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a gimmicky business, but you never know. Um, so yeah. So. And do you have, why have you got interest in so many different businesses? And do you have to have that diversity to have the intellectual stimulus and challenge? Uh, I think it's the optimist Okay. in me thinking, so I have an idea that will work. Yeah. I'll go and do that. Right. And I like following through on things that Thoughts, I think ideas. Yeah, yeah. 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 To, to, to see, but I'm also long-term. Yeah. So I've been at Incuhive for six years. Yeah. Um, I was in the gym for 11 years. Yeah. Um, I was in agency for 10 years. Yeah. You know, I'm not short-term at all. No, I'm not, you know, I, I'm it's a good point. I'm when I look really, at your business and the diversity. Yeah. It's not in and out. It's, no, I'm really persistent. That's possibly one of my issues to success is okay. that my timing is, you know, maybe if yeah. I was, had a more short-term view, yeah, it would probably affect the outcomes more positively. Yeah, um, but that's just not how I'm. I'm, I'm that's I'm, not how you're wired. I'm, pers- I'm, I'm, I'm very persistent. Yeah, and I, I just keep. I don't quit. I keep going. Um, and I think uh, was it um, Elon Musk said one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest. Um, uh, errors in business is wishful thinking. You know, I'm kind of one of them, <laughs> you know, but I'm that. getting better. I'm yeah. getting better. So exiting the gyms in 2020, yeah. unbelievably painful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it, you know, that was a very pragmatic approach to a change in the market. Yeah. Um, a change in both the, the gym market and the operational market yeah. and exiting was the right decision at that time. Yeah. Um, or however painful. Yeah. Um, definitely. So yeah, so I'm, I am learning. And are you a business <laughs> learning? Are you, are you a business that therefore goes into business not with a not with a definition of a plan and what good looks like? It's about creating the business and driving the business and seeing where you can take it. Yeah, I don't have exit strategies. No, no. Um, I, you know, it's a long term view. Uh, I have to enjoy my job. Yeah. If I don't enjoy my job, uh, I, I, I'm off. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, and, 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 I, and I also, I, I suppose I escape a bit through work. Okay. So I love working. Yeah. It's my escapism. And so I'm definitely guilty of working in my business yeah. than on my business. Yeah. And I actually find working in my business more enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, and working on it's my where business. where you belong. It's where I belong. I'm on the shop floor. That's, you know, yeah. I love that. And a lot of your businesses, from what I understand, you have co-founded with others or there's significant others in? Or, or, or always. And is that because you realize where your skill set is? Is that because where how opportunities have come to you? You know, why? <clears throat> um, I'm very amenable. Yeah. And so I work well with others. Yeah. Um, I seek praise. Okay. So working with others gives me that. Yeah. Whereas if you're on your own, it's I feel lonely and isolated. isolated. I'm I'm more motivated in a partnership than I am on my own. Um, I don't like 
the very early stage of a business. So the conception. um, And so that's the business planning being really thorough. I like the doing. Yeah. And so it's always, it's always kind of been that way. Um, And uh, the, the business I've most recently got involved in, I've got a, which is called Z alpha. Um, I've got a a co-founder and, you know, we talk every day and um, it works for me. Yeah. I like vocalizing. So you've got somebody that's there doing the process, <clears throat> yeah. driving the activity, and then you can yeah. put your energy into people driving and sales. And Yeah, and I'm not very thorough on my own when I'm talking through something yeah. to myself okay. um, because I'll just drift off and start not thinking even. about something else. Whereas with a partner, I really uh, thrive off there. Because you input. want the relationships, so yeah. you have the dialogue yeah. and the respect that- you need and... And as I articulate how I feel it should be or my thoughts, it then stimulates um, further idea, ideas and strategy okay. in my head, which I yeah. can, you know. So this is a really interesting conversation because you're somebody that knows yourself really well, is that how I would say it? You know, you know who you are, what you yeah. are, what drives you, yeah. what doesn't motivate you, what you want out of life. Not a lot of people find that. No. You know. I where does it come from? Where does it come from? And any hints and tips on somebody trying to find themselves in that way? Because I think you talk about happiness a little bit, you know, and having a smile on your face. Well, you can only be happy if you've got to that point to a large degree. Yeah. So uh, in 2011, I bought um, a pub kind of B&B down in Devon. Yeah. Um, with an idea to kind of go into that industry um, and build a pubco, and um, I moved down to Devon, and I worked in my pub. Yeah. Um, and I basically became a massive pisshead. Okay. And um, uh, I wasn't boozing daily, but you know, once or twice a fortnight, and I'd you know get just get wrecked, and um, uh, I stopped drinking in 2017 okay in july um and haven't drunk since (laughs) um so i did four and a half years completely dry nothing not a drop um i still don't drink but i've had a few yeah in the in the last kind of two years you know maybe two or three yeah um but uh, other than that i i I would class myself as teetotal and um through that process i introspected and kind of okay. I, I looked at you know uh d- d- you know did some personal development yeah i did one of your evolve courses yeah, you in did. southampton which i really enjoyed i've yeah. still got the booklet brilliant and you. um i you know i just i i didn't it wasn't a conscious process yeah i had a lot more time because i wasn't thinking about how hungover i was <laughs> yeah. or where the car was yeah. or did I say something silly last night yeah. at a party, etc.? I had a lot more time to um, think okay. um, because Use it wasn't that. consumed by either anxiety or guilt from getting on the piss, you know. Yeah, so getting back, yeah, yeah. So um, and I just started thinking about um, what what I'm good at, what I'm bad at, yeah. what I like about myself, what I don't like about myself, and trying to make changes, I suppose. Wow. Um, but it's just a natural process. It wasn't specific. It wasn't a journey that you specifically went on. It was just no. part of this overall kind of yeah. 
life's kind of rich tapestry. Yeah, and I used to um, I used to see courses like your or days like your days and groan because it filled me with dread. Yeah. Um, and I'd talk to my business partner Steve, and he'd be like, "Why are you going to that?" And I was like, "I don't know. I've been invited." I'm going to go, it's a good opportunity. And then I'd leave absolutely buzzing. Yeah, fired up. Yeah, and really... First time we met, I remember that. I'm really infused. Um, I still slightly cringe at the thought of personal development. Yeah. Maybe because I'm English, I don't know. um, (laughs) We're not very good at it, but I don't don't focus on it. Yeah. I just just, uh, naturally think about it, I suppose. And I'm also interested, and maybe that this is your mindset, is most of the businesses you've gone into, you've gone into them at a time when they've been new to the UK or there's been a significant shift and change yeah. in the market, like the gyms, you know, yeah. probably, one of, probably one of the very first low-cost Yeah, um, I think we were third. You know, we talk about, you know, Incu Hive, and that's a co-working space and kind of business incubator when they weren't really about yeah. in the UK. So is that the ideas that stimulate you or just, you know, what comes, why are you doing businesses in that kind of way that are perhaps new to market and have the challenges of that in themselves? I think it's a really good question. Yeah. I think it's probably the error of my ways. (laughs) If I started an electrician's business, I was talking to my team about this this morning. We're trying to get some sparky quotes for our site in Weybridge. And it's just been a bit of a yeah. slow, uh, protracted process. Um, we we had one through today, so thank you to that, Sparky. But um, I, if I did a, an existing model and yeah. just did it better, I would have been I would have been far more successful. Yeah. Um, I suppose it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I can't articulate why. I like exciting. I like fresh. I like new. Yeah. I always have, um, and. Just inspires it's, us all, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I maybe I just gravitate towards that type of model, but it's definitely not specific. No. Um, I don't. I, I'd actually avoid it. Yeah. Because first mover advantage is, doesn't exist. It's a disadvantage mm. in business, in our opinion. Um, okay. Yeah. So. And to touch on Inky Hive, because mm-hmm. you know that's that, that was a you know business you co-founded, invested in. Not a co-founder. Okay. Employee number one. Employee number one. Yeah, okay. so this was, uh, I left Devon in 2017. Right. Uh, so the non-drinking. Sobered up. Yeah, yeah, straight. <laughs> the non-drinking coincided with me leaving that business. Yeah. You can't not booze in that environment. Yeah. It's just too difficult. So I moved up to Winchester. Um, I was invited through a friend of a friend to do some um, uh, mentoring with Winchester University. And I met the founder of Incuhive, who's a guy called Steve Northam. And he um, founded the business uh, quite a while before, maybe three years. Okay. So I think it was 2015, maybe 28, late 2014, he founded, yeah. opened in 2015. And I met him in 2017, um, I think. Um, and then I bought into the business. Okay. Um, with no intention of working there, just as an investment. I liked yeah. the business. I liked him. I liked the model. And I had another job, uh, uh, like a job in a startup in London lined up, but I got a itchy kind of cold feet. Yeah. I pulled out of that and I phoned up Steve and said, can I come and make some tea? Yeah. And so I just started and wow. um, that was 2018. We had one site. Yeah. 
and then we drove that business to 11 how, sites. 11 sites. Yeah, we, we peaked at 11, um, which was October, tw- uh, well, mid, middle of last year. Yeah. We've closed a couple for operational um, difficulties around energy pricing. Um, okay. So if we've got electric heaters in yeah. some of the sites and fixed pricing, then it just becomes untenable. Yeah. Um, and we've got half a dozen in the pipeline. Um, so yeah, so again, I'm always correcting people. I'm not a co-founder of Inkyhive. Yeah, okay. So it's again, the same kind of thing. But Steve and I work really well. Yeah. He's he's very different to me in the, and he's a, you should get him on here. He's a very interesting chap. We um, will. We're, we're, we're really close. We talk every day. Um, he is a kind of pre-startup, startup junkie. Yeah. Um, and, and is very, very strong at that early stage. Do everything yourself and get it to a particular point. Yeah. I think my strengths are, you know, once it's started and has yeah. bones and a bit of structure, taking it then. Because I- Driving I, that scale. Yeah, because I'm very comfortable in the same position for a long time. Yeah. Um, so actually I bought Steve out uh, in, I bought Steve out a, uh, a year ago in April, bought, bought controlling share. Okay. And I bought, um, the whole of the business uh, last month. Okay. And it's an interesting space, isn't it? Obviously, we operate a very small 20-desk co-working space out of our, you know, Evolve premises. It is a very interesting space that's constantly evolving, isn't it? So, Yeah, so IncuHive was founded as an incubation business, solving the problem that Steve had. Steve is a lecturer at the Winchester University Business School. um, And his alumni, when graduating, had no support locally in Winchester for their student startups. So he created a space to help them flourish, yeah. to improve their chances of success. He invested wow. in some of the businesses, um, uh, not with money, but with time, effort, yeah. focus. Um, and uh, that's how the business was founded. I then joined um, when we had one site and I'm, I have a property background um, and we, we, we ramped up. Steve always wanted 10 sites. And we okay. ramped up and we we kind of uh, drifted away from incubation towards <clears throat> serviced office and co-working yeah. with business support. Yeah. Um, and that's where we are today. Um, my vision for the future is to have a network of uh, biz- effectively serviced offices, business centers, yeah. very flexible terms, very supportive environment, business support if you want it. Yeah. If you don't, that's absolutely fine. Um, uh, you know, as long as you get involved in the community, then then we're happy. Um, and um, so that's the next step for us. That's the next drive. Yeah, the market. So pre-COVID, we used a banking term, which was Incuhive shorts commuting. Okay. Um, commuting is bad for your wallet, your health, the environment. You never get a seat on the train, <laughs> you know. And founders and small business owners want to have their business as close to home as possible yeah. and it lots of you know and covid has expedited that position definitely and so the market's really strong yeah there's a lot of issues with uh traditional office space yeah um inefficient badly run um some of it not fit for purpose and so we want to create these highly efficient um flexible workspaces with community where there's an opportunity for business support if, if needed yeah. um, across across the South. Um, and that's the target. That's the journey. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, as we sort of start to wrap up our conversation, I want to come back to that. You know, we've talked a lot about business, haven't we? And we talked about family and, and business, but we talked about your work ethic and nearly always being on. And I would assume mm. because of that story with regard to the pub, nearly an, an addictive type mm-hmm. personality. What impact has that had on you as a human being and, and on a, from a personal yeah, like, so, perspective? Uh, since my first days at Foxton's um, in the early the 2000s, I would always put work number one. Mm. Always. Um, family number two. Yeah. Um, exercise number three, but down on the floor yeah. and health non-existent. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me to my early 40s to try and adjust that. Okay. Um, uh, I would say that only in the only in the last 18 months has work switched from being number one to number two. Great. And now family's number one, but certainly exercise and health are number two and number three. I, I never turn off. No. I, ha- I, I have an inability to turn off at all. Um, and I find it very, very difficult to relax, yeah. which is why I like getting boozed so much. <laughs> um, but um, I'm sure that will change one day. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm sure it's had a detrimental effect on things in my life, but nothing nothing um, negative enough to share, I don't think. Yeah. Especially off the back of being able to give up the juice. Yeah. Um, I think if I continued on that path, yeah. then inevitably... You'd have been in a different yeah, place. Yeah, much different place. I would have been divorced, definitely, and not yeah. seeing my kids and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, But, you know, you, you, you make Realise these... Realise that. Yeah, you make, re- make these changes. Yeah, yeah and, definitely and, make and changes so, as they need it. Um, but um, I just... I don't... And I don't see it as work. Yeah. So I don't... I don't, I don't call, I don't really call it work. No. I'm off to work. It's just, you know, because, Life. yeah, because it's, and it's so varied. Yeah. So it's, there's, and because there's, of the different interests, I suppose. Yeah. And there's lots different of different businesses day. and there's lots of different other things yeah. that I'm involved in, you know, where, you know, other charity stuff and various mm. different bits and pieces. It's just, it's just a meeting. That's how you're fulfilling your day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just be, being busy yeah. to stop my overactive mind. <laughs> sending me around the twist sending you around the, keeping you sane yeah basically otherwise i'll start thinking about the universe and yeah the enormity of our existence <laughs> and then that's like, and we yeah. started before we put the cameras on having a conversation about ai and i yeah. think yeah no oh, gosh let's not go there and not have those conversations because yeah um but yeah i mean it's, it's just really interesting i really enjoyed the conversation because i think your difference most of the people that we've had on the podcast that perhaps have a focus on a single business or maybe they've exited that and they've started another. It's the diversity of the attention that you seem to be able to give things, realizing that they don't always succeed in work, but driving the ones that do. And I think that takes a unique personality. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's kind of like ADHD or something. I'm, I'm sure someone these days <laughs> we'll, would, we'll, we'll listen to the podcast and we'll diagnose give, you. Yeah, we'll give <laughs> give it a label. I'm not a big fan of labels, so I, I would never uh, know. But um, yeah, it could be to do with attention. Yeah, um, I have a very organised mind. Yeah, um, and I didn't know that until someone told me, okay. um, who also had a very organised mind, and he was quite intrigued. 
um, and so I can compartmentalize things. Yeah. Um, I'm not very organized. Yeah. Um, you know, administratively, um, but my thoughts are. Yeah. And they're very clear. You're able to switch your mind from one thing yeah, to another. And I've got a very good memory. Yeah. Um, which helps. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't know what the personality trait is, and it's not specific. Yeah. Um, it's just ha- how it is. I sp- it's similar to maybe my academic and sporting yeah. life. It's kind of, you know, I'm never brilliant at anything. Yeah. But kind of interested like in lots of variety of life. Yeah. Interested in lots of varied different things. Um, you know, today I play football, cricket. So I mean, football. I play football on Thursday night, cricket on a yeah. Tuesday night, um, uh, golf. You know, so I play yeah. all these sports terribly, but I Enjoy. like being part of those groups and teams. And yeah, so brilliant. And I always end with this, the same question, which is, what's your definition of personal success, George? So my personal success criteria is nothing to do with business. And it's always been to do with procreation and uh, family and okay. passing on my genes. It's very evolutionary, Darwinism, yeah. whatever you want to I call it. I suppose that's that strong family background. Yeah, and it's been from. like that since I was probably 17 or 18. I've always thought, yeah. and actually I now feel very comfortable with my um, mortality in yeah. that I've I've got children and you know I feel much more relaxed about that. So So my personal success criteria... I suppose I vicariously now live through my children. <laughs> um, I'm not a competitive dad, though. So, no. but yeah. So, uh, personal success is um, different for everyone. Yeah, and absolutely. So it's why I always end with the question. I don't think. Uh, I think um, money is probably the last thing that you yeah. should uh, you should think about when you're thinking about personal success. Yeah. I think relationships, friendships. Yeah. Um, solidity with with kind of the things you're going to be remembered for people people yeah being fair to people being open with people brilliant um i think it's probably the the most important thing for personal success but i don't know keep learning brilliant keep learning yeah it's been a wonderful conversation thank you for your honesty and sharing your story and and everything that you've told our listeners today if people want to find out more about you and the businesses you're involved in where's the best place to go george yeah ping me on linkedin Find your LinkedIn. Yeah, George Scott Welsh. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for being a great guest on the podcast. Yes, thank you, Warren. And uh, I look, to, look forward to hanging out soon. Yeah, great. Thank you, George. Cool. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.